Hello and welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. I'm Cole and I'm going to be talking about St. Patrick, the Man and the Legend. I'm Beth and I'm going to be talking about the St. Patrick's Day VeggieTales short. I'm Randy and I'm going to be talking about leprechauns. What are they? We'll find out. (laughs) Wait for it. That's right. And this is Sydney, and I will be talking about The Luck of the Irish, a 2001 American Disney Channel original movie. Hooray! So this is our St. Patrick's Day Part 2 podcast for you. And that leads us to our first holiday happenings for the week, which is we actually lost our first podcast (laughs) this past week. We recorded these topics two weeks ago. And uh, Beth and I had taken a trip down to Disney, and during the drive down, she had worked diligently on sound editing while we were driving. And at one point, um, we went to a, into a, a fast food place real quick for something, came back out, and we couldn't open the file again. It was gone. It was gone. <clears throat> it, it was completely gone. sad and gone. So what we found out was Audacity, which is the sound editing software we use, doesn't like it when you save the file and close the laptop before it's done saving. I think most files will get damaged if you do that. But what I didn't realize was closing mom's laptop actually affected the application. I assumed the application would be running in the background and didn't care about the laptop closing, but it does. (laughs) Yes, and just to uh, reiterate, mom had been working on this and saving all throughout the trip. Yes, it wasn't wasn't like she didn't... Click the save button it many was, times before. It was in the middle of saving <laughs> right. that the, it went. I just <laughs> closed it thinking, oh, I'll just be right back and I'll yeah. open it up and start again. But it was gone. So we learned something there. Yeah. Yep. And we learned a lot about Audacity as I tried to figure out, is it really gone or not? And turns out it was. It was. It was gone. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so for all of you, we'll be doing this podcast a little bit later than we expected. Uh, we'll try to put it out on St. Patrick's Day, which is... Well, which is the day that this releases, but for us, it's a week later. A couple other holiday happenings this past week. Beth and I went down to Disney, and we'll be talking about that on our next podcast. But during that week, while we were at Disney, there were several holidays that were happening all at the same time. There was Mardi Gras. There was Ash Wednesday. There was International Women's Day. There was also some decorations out for St. Patrick's Day and for Easter. So we'll... Quite a few going on there, so we'll talk more about that in our next podcast of all the different things we saw along the way. One more thing as well is that we did have some more uh, winter weather this past week while the kids remained in Virginia and we were in Florida. Yep. Yeah, nothing that really stuck, but enough to make the grass and the trees very snow blanketed. So it was very fun to drive through. Snow on the ground, not on the road, which is how I like it. Yeah. And for me, staying inside and admiring it was... Right. And for me, I was just a little bit jealous because I love snow. I wouldn't have been. You were a Disney (laughs) world. I know. (laughs) I said a little bit. I didn't say a lot. Right. So with that, we'll jump into our first topic for the day, which is Cole talking about St. Patrick, the man, the myth... Well, but he wasn't a myth. There's there's a few myths. There's a few mistakes. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. High five. High five. It's a high five. So, St. Patrick the Man was born 4th century CE in the British Isles, or what we would know as Britain proper today. And 
he wasn't born as St. Patrick, obviously, or, <laughs> or even Patrick. That was a name that he, he received later. No, he was born as Maywin Soquet. And there's a little, uh, little bit of a dispute of where he was born in Britain. Some people say he was born in Wales. Some people say he was born in England. Some people say he was born in Lower Scotland. A lot of places seem to think he was born in Wales, which his name would suggest Maywin Socket, because a lot of those Welsh names are just a series of consonants smashed together. Right. <laughs> Although it is a little shorter than normal for a Welsh. Right. That is true. City it is name, a little. Yes. And it does have some. Well, I don't know how much phlegm the name Maywin Socket is true. supposed to be pronounced with. So. When, I'm just going to call him Patrick. So Patrick's father was a deacon, and his grandfather was also involved in the church. But when Patrick was young, he sort of identified more as a, what we think of as an atheist today. He was not very religious at all until after he went to Ireland. A lot of what we know about him are from secondhand records, but also a book that he wrote, The Confessio, which traces his conversion of the Irish pagans to Christianity. So we know about his life from that, but that didn't give a lot of the details of him as a person, so we also have third-hand information. Right, right. Okay. We've also got information from other sources. A lot of those sources are obviously the people that he impacted in Ireland. Okay. There's a lot of stories from them. A lot of pagan myths mixing with the truth in that context because of the pagan background. So there's a lot of stories about him raising the dead and doing a lot of other sort of... When you say he was not a religious man when he was younger or boy... Right. um, He was not a religious lad. (laughs) Was that from his statements or from the third or secondhand information? I don't know if that's from the Confessio or if that's from something else. You didn't read all the Confessio? No, I did not purchase the Confessio. Yeah, weird. And there's also a series of letters that St. Patrick wrote that we also have information from. So when he was young, he was accosted by Irish marauders who took him and others. So he was sold to an Irish pagan chieftain. He spent most of his time as a herdsman at that time looking after his master's sheep. And it was during that time that he remembered all the teachings of his father and the church. So he slowly became, I guess, more interested in religion and then more devoted to God, up to the point where he was said he was praying a hundred times a day and almost a hundred times every night. So it became very devoted to God. And six years in, he heard a voice that told him that there was a ship at the coast and that he had to leave and go get on it. So he did. He left his... <laughs> yeah. He just walked out. Yeah. Which, which was is funny. Which is funny to think about. I guess, like, he's a herdsman, so he's, like, out with the herds. Yeah. Like, nobody's really watching him. Right. So, just, so, like, left. Says goodbye to the sheep and <laughs> yeah. off he goes. It's not like he's, like, fenced in or anything. <laughs> he can just go. So he did. He just left. And there was a ship on the coast. Some sources say that he had to convince a not-too-friendly captain to let him on board. Some say that he stowed away on board. But the short of it is that he got onto the ship, and they sailed back to Britain. 
But when they landed, they weren't at a port or anything. They were actually stranded for a few weeks in the wilderness, and they had run out of food, so they were starving. So Patrick prayed for them to find food, and a short time later, they came across a herd of wild pigs, which a lot of people say would have been wild boar at that time. So they were able to eat and take what they needed to find their way back to civilization. So Patrick then went to go study in the church. He went to study in France, and it was during this time that his name was changed from Maywin Sukhat to, I just, I, I keep trying to pronounce it so it's not suck it, <laughs> but it's sort of, it's sort of spelled that way. Those mean, I guess it's before Middle Ages, those mean Dark Age kids called them. Right. <laughs> suck hey, Maywin, suck it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's how it went. <laughs> so it was during this time that his name was changed to Patrick or Patricius. It wouldn't have been... Patrick, it would have been the Latin version of that. And that's when he became a bishop, right? It right. changed when he became the bishop. In the Confessio, he talks about a dream that he had in which the people of Ireland were asking him to come back and teach them about God. So he decided to finish his studies and return to Ireland. He went around Ireland baptizing people and building churches. He made efforts to sort of form connections with a lot of different chieftains and groups of people. Like, he would bring gifts to some chieftains, but sort of it makes a note that he was offered many things, but he never accepted anything from them. He was imprisoned at several points, but he always escaped or was released, and he became sort of very well-known across Ireland. A lot of the legends around him sort of circulate around his teaching of the Irish people and using the shamrock as an example of the Holy Trinity, which in Christianity, there are three persons in one God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and there are three leaves in a shamrock. So he used this as an example, but interestingly, this wasn't too difficult for the Irish people to understand because they already had a lot of three-in-one kind of elements to their own religion and their own gods. And the shamrock is something that's all over Ireland. So it was something that the Irish people could look at that was sort of in their everyday lives. A visual right. representation. Right, a visual representation. And, and, something that they could easily see. Just, right. You can have that religious teaching moment anywhere at any time. Cause right. They were all over the place. Right. So you can just stick one, you know, <laughs> pick one up and right. say, here's, you know. Father, this. Son, Holy Spirit. Right. right. And yet one. I think the other well-known legend about St. Patrick is that he drove all the snakes out of Ireland. Yeah. And he was sitting on a hill. I'd often heard that, so I was wondering if that was true. He was sitting on a hill, and he was attacked by a snake, and then he drove that snake and all the other snakes out of Ireland. So does Ireland have snakes? No. Ireland doesn't have snakes. Ireland has never had snakes, which is interesting. If we go back and look at the fossil records, there are no records that snakes existed in Ireland. I wonder, I don't know if you've encountered this in research at all, if they have snakes today because of of invasive species or anything like that being brought over on ships. There are no native snakes in Ireland today. So they might have some. They might have some snakes, but they're not native to Ireland. A lot of people say that it's a metaphor for driving paganism out of Ireland. Right. Um, Okay. But I think a lot of people think of it as the literal 
he drove the snakes out of Ireland. Right. That's why there but are there no snakes. But there were none to drive. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that might have been like a fun way to explain why there weren't any snakes in Ireland. Right. Add a little fun. Add a little. To the legend. Right. A little flair. To yeah, that's right. That's a little right. Irish Christian flair. That's right. So, St. Patrick died in Ireland and is now buried in the cathedral in Downpatrick in Northern Ireland. There's a few different sources that say he's buried in other places, but most seem to agree that this is his burial site. A lot of canonization processes at this time were done locally. So he would have been locally sainted rather than officially by the Catholic Church. So St. Patrick is the patron saint of Ireland, and St. Patrick's Day became a celebration of St. Patrick the Man, but then progressively became more a celebration of not just St. Patrick, but the Irish culture. And eventually it became much more of celebrating the Irish culture than St. Patrick. And eventually it became much more a celebration of the stereotypical Irish culture, a lot of drinking, all of that, which is ironically celebrated by atheists as much as Christians. But there's a lot of stories about St. Patrick in this day and age. I know that you had a little book for us when we were kids that right. you enjoyed a lot because you really liked St. Patrick. That's right. We learned we about St. Patrick to, Yep, every we always used year. to read that and yep. it was so fun. It had study questions at the, <laughs> the end of every chapter. It was awesome. Which is delightful to have in a book. <laughs> well, one of the things that we also did as you guys were growing up is we watched a VeggieTales short and we actually still do that. Now, VeggieTales is a CGI animated Christian video series created by Big Idea Inc., which first came out in 1993. The story of St. Patrick is a short segment in the Sumo of the Opera episode in 2004. So when Larry the Cucumber goes out of town during production to help with a toy drive, he runs into trouble. Frustrated, he calls Bob the Tomato to say that he is giving up and coming home. Now... If you've seen VeggieTales, you will know that Larry the Cucumber is the fun, excited, spontaneous, spontaneous, bigger-than-life kind of happy cucumber. And Bob the Tomato is kind of the straight guy. He's a more serious, steadfast person. Tomato, the Seymour series of vegetables. He can be uh, a bit pessimistic. (laughs) He can be. He's the down-to-earth one, though. Yeah. He is. So... Lufti, which is a small cucumber sock puppet performed by Khalil the Caterpillar, tells Larry about St. Patrick to help him learn the value of perseverance. Most of this script has come from bigidea.fandom.com. We're on the countertop with Bob the Tomato. So Bob asks Lufti to cover him for a while while he tries to find a story to help Larry. Fortunately, Lufti knows just the thing before announcing. And now it's time for Lufti's fanciful flannel graph. The part of the show where Lufti comes out with his fanciful flannel graph and tells an important lesson. Lufti then comes up while wearing a green bowler hat and holding a shamrock, telling the viewers that he will be telling them the story of the origin of St. Patrick's Day. Holding the shamrock being it floating next to him. Right. Right, because he doesn't really have any little hands. Right, that's exactly right. So the story starts with the birth of St. Patrick, who was originally named Maywin Suckett. (laughs) As Maywin grew up, 
Lufti explains that he did things that every little boy did, like attend school, play soccer, and attend church. When Lufti mentions that Maywin got kidnapped by pirates, Maywin says, that's not normal, to which Lufti replies with, if you were too normal, then you wouldn't have a holiday named after you. The pirates then take Maywin to Ireland before they sell him to a druid. The druid then starts calling Maywin a new name. In the short, Maywin says, getting captured by pirates? Not good. New name? Good. Except Maywin gets named Pig Boy because of the fact that he has to feed his master's pigs. So that didn't quite work out as well as he hoped. <laughs> Lufti then also explains that the people of Ireland did not know about God, instead performing a type of practice called paganism, in which they prayed to things. Now remember, this is a kid's show, so they have them praying to things like twigs and pond scum. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure it probably wasn't pond scum, but that's okay. That was just a way to help the kids know. understand. You don't know that. That's true. That could have been pond scum. That's true. While working for his master, Maywin begins to realize that even though he's far away from his home in England, God is still with him, so he decides to pray to God even while working. And then he was praying to God even up to a hundred times a day, which coincides with what Cole had just told us. After being in Ireland for six years, God tells Maywin to go home to England. So he leaves and goes to the dock, and I think he says something along the lines of, to the ship's captain... Could you take me over to Britain? And I think the captain's well, response was, "Okay then." I think he said, "Hi, I was kidnapped by pirates and sold as a slave. Can you give me a lift or something like that?" <laughs> the captain and, said, "All right then." All right then. In the story, some pigs follow him. He was the pig herder, so the, a couple pigs follow after him. The captain lets Maywin on the ship. The pigs stow away on the ship, and the action continues. The ship then sets sail, but ends up landing in France instead of England, which is actually not, this isn't true, it actually landed in England, but for the sake of the story, it, they end up in France. And because of that, Maywen, the captain, and two of the captain's mates travel on foot across France. After walking 28 days, the group is really hungry, but they don't have any food with them. The captain then asks Maywen to pray for food, which he does, just as the pigs show up. <laughs> Poor little piggies. I know. And it is a kid's show, so one minute you see the little pigs, and then the next you see the captain, the mates, and Maywin eating ham. And it doesn't <laughs> say how they got the ham, but just for adults. You know, it's kind maybe of a the, sad implication. Maybe they found the ham somewhere. That's right. <laughs> the wild boars, like Cole was. The pigs led them to the ham. That was going on. That's yeah. right. They showed up as guides. <laughs> One of the captain's mates was praising it as a miracle. The captain then thanks Maywin for saving them. But Maywin tells him to thank God, which the captain and the mates do. <laughs> After arriving back in England, Maywin is able to return home to his family and friends. And Lufti then explains, but while Maywin slept, he dreamt that the people of Ireland were begging for him to return to Ireland and teach them about God, which Maywin agrees to do as soon as he finished school. And I think it went something like, is it all right if I finish school? Do quite well at it. And they say, oh, sure, sure, take your time. <laughs> so that was kind of cute. But one of the things that was so valuable is because of his six years, he learned the Irish language. Now, in the short, everybody speaks the same language. They for, do. Just for the sake of clarity. Like, right. Just for the sake of clarity. Like Star Trek. Right, that's exactly right. They, they have they, their translators on, right? Right. 
Well, they say that at one point, the narrator, because Lufti's narrating the whole thing. Right. And he says that, but we're just going to have everybody speak the same language, like Star Trek. And then the pigs say, even the pigs? That's right. <laughs> yeah. no. And he says, no, no not the pigs. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So after Maywin finished school, he studied to become a bishop and got his name changed to Patrick, with Lufti telling him that the saint part comes much later. Patrick went back to Ireland, where he explained to the people of Ireland all about God. After a bit of misunderstanding in which the people of Ireland pray to the shamrock that Patrick is using in his demonstration, he tells them that God is like a shamrock, that it's a metaphor. And then they say, oh, great metaphor. He said, no, 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 that God is like a shamrock because he is one God, three persons, which are God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Once the people of Ireland fully understand this, they decide to turn to God. Lufti then explains further that on March 17th in the year 460, Patrick died at the age of 73 and that his name was changed one last time, this time to St. Patrick, which is the reason why on March 17th, people celebrate St. Patrick's Day. And 73 years old, and cool, this is something that I was curious to know from you. That sounds like a really, really old age. For, for, that, for that day and age, that exactly. would have been exceptionally old. That so, would have been like... I don't even know. It would have been like living to a solid 110 now in modern terms. That would have right. been uh, extremely unlikely to happen for right. a normal person. We watch this, or most of us watch this, every year on St. Patrick's Day. And if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend that you go online and watch it regardless of your age. And if you do have younger children, or you teach a Sunday school or children's church class... There are a myriad of places on the internet to find kids' crafts that go along with the Veggie Tales St. Patrick's Day. There are blogs and websites and Pinterest. There are a lot of ideas out there to help kids further understand more about St. Patrick and the impact he made on the people of Ireland. We always shared that a uh, little short with the teenagers, too, when we um, work with them, and they greatly enjoyed And I think it does a good job explaining in a succinct way who St. Patrick was. But St. Patrick's Day, the day, the celebration, includes a lot more than St. Patrick's now. It includes rainbows and leprechauns and all these other things that kind of come with it. Interestingly, the legend of leprechauns didn't actually show up till well after St. Patrick's. The, the man existed. So why do we kind of connect all those things together? I don't know. Because they're not really connected in any way. Immigrants from... Ireland came over to the Americas in the 1800s, a lot of them. And they were not viewed in a favorable light back then. They were often viewed as people that were taking away work from other people. They were kind of clustered together, so other people didn't trust them in a lot of ways. But they brought strong traditions with them, strong lore and legends from their country with them, which included the idea of leprechauns. So the celebration of St. Patrick's Day became a celebration really of all things Irish, all right. things from Ireland, not just St. Patrick. That spread west as those immigrants continued to look for places of their own, places they could call home, and as well as wealth in a new country of the United States. So they actually went west and looking for gold. And in that search for gold, they were often considered lucky because they found gold. So the luck of the Irish actually comes from the United States in the gold rush and their ability to find gold in that time. So 
you're slowly piecing all these things together, rainbows, leprechauns, luck of the Irish, and St. Patrick's into what became a single holiday that's celebrated by people, not just of Irish persuasion, but also uh, people in general. So what is a leprechaun? There's few creatures or icons in history and mythology that have been more co-opted than leprechauns. Well, I think there are a few that are quite as recognizable as a leprechaun. That's right. That's right. And they really, as I said, became synonymous with Irish culture, the tall green hats, the green coats, all those sorts of things. But their history is different than how we see them today. So leprechauns are a type of fairy, but not really the type of fairy that we think of when it comes to Disney-fied pixies along the way. Leprechauns could be lustful, nasty, capricious creatures whose magic might delight you one day and kill you the next if you displease them. Well, that's not delightful. That's That's not! (laughs) No, it's not. They're often described as wizened, bearded old men dressed in green, wearing buckled shoes, often with leather aprons. Sometimes they wore a pointed hat or a triangular hat. Tricorn? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they might be smoking a pipe. So John and Caitlin Matthews wrote a book called The Element Encyclopedia of Magical Creatures that trace leprechaun legends back to the 8th century. So that's kind of the time frame we're talking about. 300, 400 years after St. Patrick. They tied the legend back to 8th century legends of water spirits called Le Corpon, L-U-C-H-O-R-P-A-N, and the A has an accent above it, which meant small bodies. These sprites eventually merged with mischievous household fairies said to haunt cellars and drink heavily. <laughs> Other researchers thought the name of leprechaun was derived from the Irish Leith Brogan, two words, L-E-A-T-H, second word B-H-R-O-G-A-N, just because I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, which meant shoemaker. And leprechauns are often associated with riches and gold from making shoes. So apparently, shoemaking in Ireland and other places was very glamorous and made you a lot of money. Right. Profitable. Very so, profitable. Yeah, and, and we saw that in the documentary that we talked about <laughs> last week, uh, the leprechaun's Christmas gold. That's right. With the shoemaking and the, That's right. the mining gold. Right. And leprechauns often are said to have their own pot of gold. And so the lures around leprechauns is that if you find them and you can hold on to them, you can kind of barter their their little bodies for their gold, right? So they will give you gold. Now, the connection with leprechauns and rainbows wasn't part of the legends. That came later when leprechauns and their gold was something you wanted to find. The end of the rainbow was considered a place where you couldn't get to. Unreachable. It's unreachable. So, So searching for a pot of gold from a leprechaun was something that you would encourage your kids to do because it was a lesson in perseverance. It was a lesson in trying to reach for something you couldn't get. What lesson are you teaching your children to <laughs> persevere towards goals that they'll never achieve? Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Leprechauns are also said to be able to grant a person three wishes. Again, the three wishes would be bartered for their freedom along the way. And leprechauns are considered to be very tricky. An example of a trickster leprechaun comes from a folklorist, Carol Rose, who wrote Spirits, Fairies, Leprechauns, and Goblins. And they talk about a tale concerning a man who managed to get a leprechaun to show him the bush in the field where his treasure was located. 
Having no spade or shovel, the man marked the tree with one of his red garters, which is basically a ribbon, then kindly released the leprechaun and went for a shovel. Returning almost instantly, he found that every one of the numerous trees in the field now sported a red garter or a red ribbon. So that's kind of an example of how the leprechauns always did their best to keep their gold and trick you into bad wishes or wishes that wouldn't get you what you wanted. A couple interesting facts about leprechauns. Uh, the early leprechaun didn't look like what he does today. Right now we think of them with green clothes and red beard, short derby hat. But according to folklore, they're described as wearing red with a tri-cornered hat. So red was the color of leprechauns in the early days. There are no female leprechauns. Leprechaun work was male work only. And most of the early legends didn't have any female leprechauns in them at all. Leprechauns aren't just native to Ireland. They also have leprechaun equivalents in Holland and off the coast of the United Kingdom. And as we talked about last week, leprechauns are all over popular culture that's in movies and TV, cartoons, a number of places. And actually, the man who voiced the Lucky Charms leprechaun got his start with Orson Welles. So Arthur Anderson... That's wild. With Orson Welles. Yep. He voiced Lucky the Leprechaun from Lucky Charms commercials for 29 years. Which is the serial. The Lucky Charms serial. Yeah, that's right. And he worked with Orson Welles on a Broadway production of Julius Caesar. As we talked about last week, Sean Connery actually worked with leprechauns in the movie The Little People. And that helped him get his part in James Bond. He made a connection via the film producer's wife. Well, I should say connection. She felt that he would uh, make a good lead actor for the Bond films. And she was right. (laughs) He is one of the best. So leprechauns have become an important part of celebrating St. Patrick's Day, as have the other things like rainbows and pots of gold. And you see those in the decorations. But they weren't originally in the St. Patrick folklore at all. It just became connected. Right. More associated with Ireland than right. St. Patrick. All things Irish. Right. Anyway, right. yeah. And there's a lot of different fun... There's a lot of media with leprechauns in them. Like, right. I remember when I was younger watching the leprechaun horror movie. Right. Which is hilarious when you go back and watch it now. Okay, and that's appalling, though, for that's, a mother That's to appalling that. to hear. <laughs> he chases them around on a tricycle. <laughs> As leprechauns do. As leprechauns do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think that these type of traditions... You can see them change over time, and not even that long a period of time. A lot of times we think of legends as being super old and kind of fixed. Right. But we've seen as we've gone through so many of these things that legends actually morph and change quite a bit. Like the additions of pots of gold and rainbows to Leprechaun, and that kind of mythology um, came pretty recently, within hundreds of years. Right. Right, but we associate it so much with the lore of Leprechaun. That's right. Who knows in a thousand years what leprechauns will look like. That's right. Space leprechauns. <laughs> That's right. Could be very well. Yeah. And that leads right into my topic, The Luck of the Irish, 2001 Disney Channel original movie. So this has some of what Dad talked about with leprechauns. By the way, spoilers ahead. Um, just <laughs> right, for you to be aware. <laughs> Wait, what no. year did that movie come out? 2001. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you talking about this movie. I don't remember this movie at all. Most I movies we watched together when yeah. we were that age. Yeah, I remember watching this on Disney Channel, so I was pretty excited to review it for this podcast, and I hope you enjoy it as well. <laughs> okay, so it starts out with Kyle Johnson 
who is a popular basketball player in his high school and is also considered to be the luckiest guy in his high school as well. He can find $20 randomly on the street and he can sit there, not take a test until the last minute when the bell rings, guess every question and guess them completely correctly. And I imagine he's very good at basketball. Oh, if yes. If he's yeah, that lucky. Yes. In fact, Kyle is a reason that their school is going to the state basketball playoffs for the first time ever. Wow. wow. First time ever. Right? <laughs> Such important things. And yes, this is still about leprechauns. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Old Disney Channel really liked to drag these things out. Oh, yes. Yes. In fact, on the front cover of the... I guess DVD. There, <laughs> the VHS. The VHS. There is a picture of Kyle in basketball outfit with the basketball. His school, however, is putting on a special event called Heritage Day, a celebration for everyone of different heritages. Kids are assigned to research and basically present on their different backgrounds throughout history. Right? Some mm-hmm. people. You know, are descendants of knights. Some are descendants of Native Americans. Knight thing is very unlikely. Well, I mean, (laughs) they can, as long as they research it, right, they can present on it. So Kyle goes and asks his parents because he doesn't know where he came from. And they are completely, like, just weird about it. Like, that's the first thing I noticed. Mm. Not only is the conversation weird and they're reluctant to tell him, but the... The shots made in the movie are weird. Like, it gets up really close to his parents' face. And the dialogue is also super awkward, too. So so they don't want to tell him. They do not want to tell him. They do, however, tell him that they are from Cleveland, Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) That's his heritage. Right, that's so helpful for him. (laughs) He tries to push further, but they're, they're not going for it. So just to back up a little, Kyle is not only considered the luckiest guy in the school, but he always wears this necklace that his mother gave him when he was born. It has a little symbol on it. Um, he doesn't know what his mother's background is, but it's just... What kind of necklace? Is it like a little coin? It, yeah, it's like a little coin. So the reason why I bring this up is that over the weekend, Kyle and his best friend Russell attend an Irish carnival. The reason why they attend the Irish carnival was they saw an advertisement, and on the advertisement, a little flyer as they were passing by, they noticed that there was the same symbol on the flyer as on Kyle's coin. So they got hopeful to learn more about Kyle's heritage. Maybe he's Irish. You know, so they go to this carnival and you instantly can tell who the bad guy is <laughs> by just the music and his bad guy face. Uh-huh. His bad guy. Did he have greasy hair? Uh, I don't know. He's wearing like a bowler cap, I think. Oh, uh, yes. yes. The bowler cap. Yes. <laughs> the most evil cap. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to this Irish event and strange things start happening, right? This old guy comes up to Kyle and Russell starts talking about Kyle's shoes and the old man's shoes and how the old man makes his shoes. Oh, almost like a cobbler. Right, right, (laughs) exactly. They went to ask him a question and the old man disappeared suddenly into the crowd. Oh, no. Mysteriously. And while watching an Irish dance up on the stage, all of a sudden Kyle breaks out into Irish dancing while standing there in the crowd. He weirding his friend out. Because apparently he can't. I'd be worried about that. <laughs> he just suddenly started and couldn't stop. 
It was kind of out of his control? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that he stirred his feet. Yes. <laughs> so over the next few days, strange things start occurring even more. So his mom has red curly hair, but she had always kept it up with a clip. But over the next few days, she developed an Irish accent. Her hair got bigger. You think <laughs> Merida from Brave. Right. She started making traditional Irish food. Oh. And she gave Kyle his lunch in a pail. Oh, like a, like a bucket yes, pail. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now, what's the dad thinking about this? He's asking her if she feels okay. <laughs> <laughs> Something's going on. Yes. Yeah, okay. But also, things start happening to Kyle, too. Oh. His luck to seem to disappear. For instance, he starts shrinking. Oh, yeah. well, that's pretty unlucky. That's dramatic. <laughs> yes. yeah. Starts shrinking. His hair turns red. But, of course, this is early 2000s, right? So, it's not like red-red. It's more like the tips are red. Oh, okay. Oh, like know? frosted tips, just right. red. Yeah. So, it's spiky hair. That's yeah. great. So, he didn't just lose his good luck. He started to have bad luck and weird things. Right. Yeah. Right. And he would, like, suddenly step on something. Right. Or hurt his foot. Or um, he'd find $20 and when he went to pick it up, the car, like, splashed water all over oh, him. Okay. He would forget his homework. Yeah, so very unfortunate. The last thing was that his ears started becoming pointy, so he ended up having to wear a hat. But the basketball playoffs are coming up. Oh, no. And he lost the previous game, and he's all worried about that. He needs to get his head in the game. He does. (laughs) Disney would be so proud of you (laughs) for that type of joke. There's this girl named Bonnie, and she's like the head of every committee in the school because... Again, early 2000s, smart girl has to be in everybody's business. Does she have glasses? No, she does not. Oh, wow. Yeah. She has fuzzy hair, though. Way to break the mold, Disney. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, even his parents know that she's the head of all the committees. Like, they make a joke about them. But anyway, so everybody's asking Kyle, Kyle, what are you going to do for Heritage Day? You know, this is before and after strange things started happening. And he kept saying, I don't know. I don't know what my heritage is. But finally, the final straw was... Um, he woke up one morning, and his mom is a foot tall. That's pretty short. Yep. Yes. And she has pointy ears. She's wearing green. And his dad oh, wait. says... Green? Now that's just over the top. I know, right? <laughs> and his dad told him that they had something to tell him. He's Irish. <laughs> so obviously the dad now knows too. Well, the dad knew anyways. Oh, he did? Yes. Okay. Yes. He like, just didn't know why weird things were going on. Well... He was a bit suspicious, didn't know why. Uh-huh. And then, but finally when she turned into a leprechaun, they were like, okay, let's tell him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's probably going to figure He's out it. <laughs> Better to get on top of this. Yes. You know, in front of this. Dad's pretty chill. Anyway, so the mom tells him that she's a leprechaun and Kyle's half leprechaun. And when he turned to his dad and said, okay, what are you? The dad said, I'm from Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> his so heritage normal. was true. Right. They're like, why are these things happening? And that's when Kyle said, oh, I actually lost my coin. This is a fake coin. They're like, well, how did you lose your coin? He's like, well, I went to this Irish festival. They're like, why did you go to the Irish festival? He's like, because no one's answering my question about where my heritage is from. They figure out that the old man who came up to Kyle was actually his grandfather. The mom figures the grandfather wasn't too happy that she married a human. So... Perhaps he took Kyle's coin in revenge. That's a mean grandfather. It is. So they go to confront the grandpa. Grandpa says, no, I didn't do that. That's just foolish. Kyle's like, well, why did you let me wear it? And they said, well, that true leprechaun coin contains the luck of the whole clan. 
and it allows for the leprechauns to live as normal humans if the youngest member of the clan wears it. So it's working for the whole clan, right. yeah, not just him. Disney right. and their weird rules for, <laughs> yes. for things. Yes. And going back to what Dad said about leprechauns, yes, these ones, you know, they make shoes. The mom has pointy ears and they wear plays green. on a flute. They wear green. Plays flute. She's just super small. The granddad doesn't get any smaller. Like, he's pretty small anyways. But he does grow this very long beard. And his ears get pointier. And so he starts having changes. So they're okay, well, the grandfather didn't steal this coin. So they figure out that Kyle's coin was stolen by an evil leprechaun named Seamus. Seamus. Yes. <laughs> what a rotten name. <laughs> he should be ashamed. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, that was funny. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. With the help of his friend Russell, Kyle and everyone try to track down Seamus, try to figure out where he is. And they actually see a rainbow in the sky, which Kyle's grandfather said at the end should be the gold coins. Kyle's friend Russell says that's ridiculous. Rainbows don't have an end. But they follow it, and sure enough, it ends right on top of a trailer. So they break into the trailer, and it turns out to be Seamus' trailer, which was good that they didn't just break into a random trailer. And they find not only their gold coin, but a bunch of others. So clearly Seamus had been stealing leprechaun gold coins from other clans. Seamus catches them, and they engage Seamus in traditional Irish competitions. So they're, like, magically transported to Ireland. They make a deal where if Kyle wins, Seamus will be transported to the shores of Erie, and we won't bother them anymore, and they'll get their coin. If Seamus wins, he gets to keep the coins, and the family's out of luck. So they play these traditional competitions such as wrestling, step dance. They throw these huge wagon wheels. So step dance is a competition? Yes. (laughs) And I think that the boys actually ask about that. Okay. So he's like, of course. They're like, oh, okay. so. (laughs) So they end up in a tie. And Kyle makes one last bet with Seamus to play a competition of his choosing as a tiebreaker. Seamus accepts. And... Guess what? What is it? Could it be basketball? It is. What? You guessed correctly. I wouldn't have guessed from the front cover. Right? <laughs> but the difference with this game is that Kyle is playing without his luck. But Seamus has all the luck that he needs. How can Kyle possibly win? Oh, Dad, that's the moral of the story, or one of them. I'm not entirely sure which <laughs> What's going on here? What the lesson is? But the luck is inside you, not in a coin. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> they somehow win. I'm still not entirely sure how that happens. Yeah, so they win, and Seamus loses. Kyle gets the coin back, and he talks to Seamus. He said, do you remember what part of our deal was? Seamus, I have to say, at this point, he has turned into a leprechaun, but not, like, the same kind as Kyle's mom turned into, right? He's not a foot tall. He's, like, fully grown, but he has, like, a scary face. Like, I think um, he looks more like a satyr. Right. He has sort of this very long face with the, I guess, more jagged features. Yeah, so I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for, like, very small children. Seamus says something like, you mean the shore of Irie in Ireland? And that's when Kyle corrects him and says, my dad's from Cleveland. 
And so Seamus becomes all horrified. He then does shrink to a foot tall and is shot up into the air. I don't know if he breaks through the ceiling or whatever, <laughs> but he is magically transported to... To Lake Erie. <laughs> to Lake, Lake Erie. Erie. And is plopped right into the water. Right, because he <laughs> thought that he was just going to get to go back to Ireland. Exactly, where he's buried more gold coins. Right. Ah. So he's defeated. Kyle gets his luck. I'm assuming they win the basketball game. And at the very end, he does a Irish folk dance in front of his school because they're doing this like in the auditorium. The cultural day. Right, for the Heritage Day. And he leads the whole crowd into singing, This Land is Your Land. With his parents and grandfather in the audience proudly joining in. So that was luck of the Irish. Lots of things going on. I think it's cute. It sounds cute. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it, but it does sound... Yeah. And it sounds like it, like we talked about, pulls in lots of different pieces of the legends together. Mm-hmm. The, the weird thing about him turning into that creature at the end. I don't know where that comes from, but... Well, yeah. maybe like the angry old man kind of, kind of mindset. But I will say that throughout the whole movie, it was actually telling about Irish history. Right, the mom, her reason for not telling Kyle was that she was talking about like how the Irish were discriminated against when they first came to the country, and then Kyle paused and he's like, "But that was like hundreds of years ago." Right. So that kind of brings into question how old she was. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but it, it had those elements to it that was. Yeah. Um, it's like I learned more about Ireland just watching the movie. Yeah. And I didn't mention that in my section, but in my research, it did talk about leprechauns being. Like thousands and thousands of years mm-hmm. old too, the same leprechaun, right? Right. So yeah, so that right. definitely is part of that whole discussion. So yeah. thank you, Sydney. So that was our fun second part of the uh, St. Patrick's Day podcast. So we thank you for joining us. As always, we have future festivities coming up for the week of March 25th. So on March 25th is Tolkien Reading Day. Oh, so that's pretty cool, what? right? Yeah. March 25th. March 25th. March 26th is Make Up Your Own Holiday Day. (laughs) Sounds great. Yeah, that's great for kids. March 27th is National Joe Day. March 28th is Something on a Stick Day. (laughs) March 29th is National Mom and Pop Business Owners Day, so Small Business Day. March 30th is National Doctors Day. And March 31st is World Backup Day. As always, you can follow us on social media. For Twitter, it's at holiday underscore moons. On Instagram, it's at holiday moons, all one word. On Facebook, you can just search for holiday moons and you should be able to find our Facebook page and our group page. And you can contact us on Gmail using holidaymoons at gmail.com. So, for Cole, Beth, Randy, and Sydney, Happy St. Patrick's Day! Day.